Section 28 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 1, by Robert Burton, Section 28. Partition 1, Section 2, Member 2, Subsections 3 and 4. Subsection 3. Custom of diet, delight, appetite, necessity, how they cause or hinder. No rule is so general which admits not some exception. To this, therefore, which hath been hitherto said, for I shall otherwise put most men out of commons, and those inconveniences which proceed from the substance of meats, an intemperate or unseasonable use of them, custom somewhat detracts and qualifies, according to that of Hippocrates two, Aphorisms 50. Such things as we have been long accustomed to, though they be evil in their own nature, yet they are less offensive. Otherwise it might well be objected that it were a mere tyranny to live after those strict rules of physic, for custom doth alter nature itself, and to such as are used to them it makes bad meats wholesome, and unseasonable times to cause no disorder. Cider and perry are windy drinks, so are all fruits windy in themselves, cold most part, yet in some shires of England, Normandy in France, Ripuscoa in Spain, tis their common drink, and they are no whit offended with it. In Spain, Italy, and Africa, they live most on roots, raw herbs, camel's milk, and it agrees well with them, which to a stranger will cause much grievance. In Wales, Lacticinius Vescuntur, as Humphrey Lloyd confesseth, a Cambro Briton himself, in his elegant epistle to Abraham Ortelius, they live most on white meats, in Holland on fish, roots, butter, and so at this day in Greece, as Bolognius observes, they had much rather feed on fish than flesh. With us, Maxima pars victus in carne consistit, we feed on flesh most part, saith Polydor Virgil, as all northern countries do, and it would be very offensive to us to live after their diet, or they to live after ours. We drink beer, they wine, they use oil, we butter. We in the north are great eaters, they most sparing in those hotter countries, and yet they and we, following our own customs, are well pleased. An Ethiopian of old, seeing an European eat bread, wondered, Quomodus de Coribus Vescentes Viverimus, how we could eat such kind of meats. So much differed his countrymen from ours in diet, that, as mine author infers, si quis illorum victum apud nos eonulari velet. If any man should so feed with us, it would be all one to nourish, as secuta, aconitum, or hellebore itself. At this day in China, the common people live in a manner altogether on roots and herbs, and to the wealthiest, horse, ass, mule, dogs, cat-flesh, is as delightsome as the rest. So Matthias Riccius, the Jesuit, relates, who lived many years amongst them. The Tartars eat raw meat, and most commonly horse-flesh, drink milk and blood, as the nomades of old, et lac concretum cum sanguine potat equino. They scoff at our Europeans for eating bread, which they call tops of weeds, and horse-meat not fit for men, and yet Scalinger accounts them a sound and witty nation, living a hundred years, 
even in the civilest country of them they do thus as benedict the jesuit observed in his travels from the great mogul's court by land to peking which riccius contends to be the same with cambalu in cataya in scandia their bread is usually dried fish and so likewise in the shetland isles and their other fare as in iceland saith dithmarus bleskenius butter cheese and fish their drink water their lodging on the ground in america in many places their bread is roots their meat palmettos pinas potatoes etc and such fruits there be of them too that familiarly drink salt sea-water all their lives eat raw meat grass and that with delight with some fish serpents spiders and in divers places they eat man's flesh raw and roasted even the emperor montezuma himself in some coasts again one tree yields them coconuts meat and drink fire fuel apparel with his leaves oil vinegar cover for houses etc and yet these men going naked feeding coarse live commonly a hundred years are seldom or never sick all which diet our physicians forbid in westphalia they feed most part on fat meats and worts knuckle deep and call it cerebrum jovis in the low countries with roots in italy frogs and snails are used the turks saith busbequius delight most in fried meats in muscovy garlic and onions are ordinary meat and sauce which would be pernicious to such as are unaccustomed to them delightsome to others and all is because they have been brought up unto it husbandmen and such as labour can eat fat bacon salt gross meat hard cheese etc o dura mesorum illa coarse bread at all times go to bed and labour upon a full stomach which to some idle persons would be present death and is against the rules of physic so that custom is all in all our travellers find this by common experience when they come in far countries and use their diet they are suddenly offended as are hollanders and englishmen when they touch upon the coasts of africa those indian capes and islands are commonly molested with calentures fluxes and much distempered by reason of their fruits peregrina esti suavia solent vescentibus perturbationes insignes atferre strange meats though pleasant cause notable alterations and distempers on the other side use or custom mitigates or makes all good again mithridates by often use which pliny wonders at was able to drink poison and a maid as courteous records sent to alexander from king porus was brought up with poison from her infancy the turks saith bolognius book three chapter fifteen eat opium familiarly a dram at once which we dare not take in grains garcias ab horto writes of one whom he saw at goa in the east indies that took ten drams of opium in three days and yet consulto loquebato spake understandingly so much custom can do theophrastus speaks of a shepherd that could eat hellebore in substance and therefore cardan concludes out of galen consuetudinem ut cunque ferendam nisi valde malum custom is however to be kept except it be extremely bad he adviseth all men to keep their old customs and that by the authority of hippocrates himself dandum aliquid tempori etati regione consuetudini and therefore to continue as they began be it diet bath exercise etc or whatsoever else
another exception is delight or appetite to such and such meats though they be hard of digestion melancholy yet as fuchsius accepts the stomach doth readily digest and willingly entertain such meats we love most and are pleasing to us abhors on the other side such as we distaste which hippocrates confirms aphorisms two thirty eight some cannot endure cheese out of a secret antipathy or to see a roasted duck which to others is a delightsome meat the last exception is necessity poverty want hunger which drives men many times to do that which otherwise they are loath cannot endure and thankfully to accept of it as beverage in ships and in sieges of great cities to feed on dogs cats rats and men themselves three outlaws in hector boethius being driven to their shifts did eat raw flesh and flesh of such fowl as they could catch in one of the hebrides for some few months these things do mitigate or disannul that which hath been said of melancholy meats and make it more tolerable but to such as are wealthy live plenteously at ease may take their choice and refrain if they will these viands are to be forborne if they be inclined to or suspect melancholy as they tender their healths otherwise if they be intemperate or disordered in their diet at their peril be it qui monet amat ave et cave he who advises is your friend farewell and to your health attend subsection four retention and evacuation a cause and how of retention and evacuation there be diverse kinds which are either concomitant assisting or sole causes many times of melancholy galen reduceth defect and abundance to this head others all that is separated or remains costiveness in the first rank of these i may well reckon up costiveness and keeping in of our ordinary excrements which as it often causeth other diseases so this of melancholy in particular celsus book one chapter three saith it produceth inflammation of the head dullness cloudiness headache etc prosper calenus liber de atra bile will have it distemper not the organ only but the mind itself by troubling of it and sometimes it is a sole cause of madness as you may read in the first book of Skenkius's medicinal observations a young merchant going to Nordling fair in germany for ten days space never went to stool at his return he was grievously melancholy thinking that he was robbed and would not be persuaded but that all his money was gone his friends thought he had some philtrum given him but knellinus a physician being sent for found his costiveness alone to be the cause and thereupon gave him a clister by which he was speedily recovered trincavelius saith as much of a melancholy lawyer to whom he administered physic and rodericus aponseca of a patient of his that for eight days was bound and therefore melancholy affected other retentions and evacuations there are not simply necessary but at some times as fernelius accounts them as suppression of haemorrhoids monthly issue in women bleeding at nose immoderate or no use at all of venus or any other ordinary issues detention of haemorrhoids or monthly issues Villanovanus Arculanus, chapter sixteen in nine, Rassis, Vittorius Faventinus, Bruel, etc., put for ordinary causes. 
Confucius, Book 2, Section 5, Chapter 30, goes farther and saith, that many men unseasonably cured of the hemorrhoids have been corrupted with melancholy, seeking to avoid Scylla, they fall into Charybdis. Galen illustrates this by example of Lucius Martius, whom he cured of madness, contracted by this means. And Skenkius hath two other instances of two melancholy and mad women, so caused from the suppression of their months. The same may be said of bleeding at the nose, if it be suddenly stopped, and have been formerly used, as Villanovanus urgeth, and Fucius, Book 2, Section 5, Chapter 33, stiffly maintains that without great danger such an issue may not be stayed. Venus omitted produceth like effects. Mathulius avoucheth of his knowledge that some through bashfulness abstained from venery, and thereupon became very heavy and dull, and some others that were very timorous, melancholy, and beyond all measure sad. Oribasius speaks of some, that if they do not use carnal copulation, are continually troubled with heaviness and headache, and some in the same case by intermission of it. Not use of it hurts many, Arculanus, chapter 6, in 9, Rasis, et Magninus, part 3, chapter 5, think, because it sends up poisoned vapours to the brain and heart. And so doth Galen himself hold, that if this natural seed be overlong kept in some parties, it turns to poison. Hieronymus Mercurialis, in his chapter of melancholy, cites it for an especial cause of this malady, priapismus, satyriasis, etc. Haliabus reckons up this and many other diseases. Philonovanus saith, he knew many monks and widows grievously troubled with melancholy, and that from this sole cause. Ludovicus Mercatus, Book 2, De Mulierum Affectionibus, Chapter 4, and Rodericus Acastro, De Morbus Mulierum, Book 2, Chapter 3, treat largely of this subject, and will have it produce a peculiar kind of melancholy in stale maids, nuns, and widows. Ob suppressionum mensium et venerium omissum, timidae, moestae anxiae, vericundae, suspiciosae, languentes, consilii inopes, cum summa vitae et rerum meliorum desperatione, etc. They are melancholy in the highest degree, and all for want of husbands. Aelianus Montaltus, cap. 37 de Melancholy, confirms as much out of Galen, so doth Wierus. Christophorus a Vega de Art, med. lib. 3, c. 14, relates many such examples of men and women that he had seen so melancholy. Felix Plater, in the first book of his observations, tells a story of an ancient gentleman in Alsatia that married a young wife and was not able to pay his debts in that kind for a long time together, by reason of his several infirmities. But she, because of this inhibition of Venus, fell into a horrible fury, and desired every one that came to see her, by words, looks, and gestures, to have to do with her, etc. Bernardus Paternus, a physician, saith, he knew a good, honest, godly priest, that because he would neither willingly marry, nor make use of the stews, fell into grievous melancholy fits. Hildesheim hath such another example of an Italian melancholy priest, in a consultation had anno 1580. Jason Pratensis gives instance in a married man, that from his wife's death abstaining, after marriage, became exceedingly melancholy. 
Rodericus a Fonseca in a young man so misaffected. To these you may add, if you please, that conceited tale of a Jew, so visited in like sort, and so cured, out of Poggius Florentinus. Intemperate Venus is all but as bad in the other extreme. Galen reckons up melancholy amongst those diseases which are exasperated by venery. So doth Avicenna, 2, 3, chapter 11. Oribasius, quoted by Ficinus, book 2, De Sanitate Tuenda, Marsilius Cognatus, Montaltus, chapter 27, Guianerius Magninus, chapter 5, part 3, gives the reason, because it infrigidates and dries up the body, consumes the spirits, and would therefore have all such as are cold and dry to take heed of it and to avoid it as a mortal enemy. Jacinus in Nine Rasses, chapter 15, ascribes the same cause, and instanceth in a patient of his, that married a young wife in a hot summer, and so dried himself with chamber-work that he became in short space from melancholy mad. He cured him by a moistening remedies. The like example I find in Laelius a Fonte Eugubinus, of a gentleman of Venice, that upon the same occasion was first melancholy, afterwards mad. Read in him the story at large. Any other evacuation stopped will cause it, as well as these above named, be it bile, ulcer, issue, etc., Hercules de Saxonia, Book 1, Chapter 16, and Gordonius verify this out of their experience. They saw one wounded in the head, who as long as the sore was open, lucida habuit mentis intervala, was well, but when it was stopped, rediat melancholia, his melancholy fit seized on him again. Artificial evacuations are much like in effect, as hot houses, baths, bloodletting, purging, unseasonably and immoderately used. Baths dry too much, if used in excess, be they natural or artificial, and offend extreme hot or cold. One dries, the other refrigerates overmuch. Montanus saith they overheat the liver. Johannes Struthius contends that if one stay longer than ordinary at the bath, go in too oft or at unseasonable times, he putrefies the humours in his body. To this purpose writes Magninus, Book 3, Chapter 5. Guianerius, Tract 15, Chapter 21, utterly disallows all hot baths in melancholy a dust. I saw, saith he, a man that laboured of the gout, who to be freed of this malady came to the bath, and was instantly cured of his disease, but got another worse, and that was madness. But this judgment varies as the humour doth, in hot or cold. Baths may be good for one melancholy man, bad for another. That which will cure it in this party may cause it in a second. Phlebotomy Phlebotomy, many times neglected, may do much harm to the body, when there is a manifest redundance of bad humours and melancholy blood, and when these humours heat and boil, if this be not used in time, the parties affected, so inflamed, are in great danger to be mad. But if it be unadvisedly, importunely, immoderately used, it doth as much harm by refrigerating the body, dulling the spirits, and consuming them. As Johannes Curio in his tenth chapter well reprehends, such kind of letting blood doth more hurt than good. The humours rage much more when they did before, and is so far from avoiding melancholy, that it increaseth it, and weakeneth the sight. Prosper Calenus observes as much of all phlebotomy, except they keep a very good diet after it. Yea, and as Leonatus Jacinus speaks out of his own experience, the blood is much blacker to many men after their letting of blood than it was at first. 
for this cause belike Celestius Salvinianus, book two, chapter one, will admit or hear of no bloodletting at all in this disease, except it be manifest it proceed from blood. He was, it appears, by his own words in that place, master of an hospital of madmen, and found by long experience that this kind of evacuation, either in head, arm, or any other part, did more harm than good. To this opinion of his, Felix Plater is quite opposite, though some wink at, disallow, and quite contradict all phlebotomy in melancholy, yet by long experience I have found innumerable so saved, after they had been twenty, nay sixty times let blood, and to live happily after it. It was an ordinary thing of old, in Galen's time, to take at once from such men six pounds of blood, which now we dare scarce take in ounces. Said Viderint Medici, great books are written of this subject. Purging upward and downward, in abundance of bad humours omitted, may be for the worst. So likewise as in the precedent, if overmuch, too frequent or violent, it weakeneth their strength, saith Fucius, or if they be strong or able to endure physic, yet it brings them to an ill habit. They make their bodies no better than apothecaries' shops. This, and such like infirmities, must needs follow. End of section 28